Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into MapCon episode 24. MapCon, if you are not familiar with it, one, how are you not familiar with it? You're listening to us, is the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference podcast. And we are here today with Scott Mulvaney, who is host, founder, creator, the man of Live the Fuel podcast. And Scott, thank you so much for taking some time out to join us today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Now, Scott and I met at MapCon, which you guys should hopefully attend this year, which is taking place September 8th and 9th, 2017 at Hillsborough or Holiday Inn, Philadelphia, South Swedesboro. And, you know, Scott, did you have a good time last time you were there? Yeah, actually, it was my first ever uh, podcasting related conference, which is why I chose it since I live about an hour, hour and a half north of where you guys hosted it at. Yeah. And you were just about to kick off your podcast, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, I actually launched in the beginning of September 2016. Yeah, which we're about to come full circle with you for a one-year anniversary of Live the Fuel, which is exciting. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about Live the Fuel? What is it about? What's it do? How often does it record? Well, yeah, so as far as the show, it's uh, just another segment of my brand, Live the Fuel. But the point of the show design and how I decided to create it was I'm very passionate about health, business, and lifestyle. And when people visit the website or, or view my content, depending if they're visiting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, there's a different plethora of content getting passed around. It's always centered around those three domains. It's either on you know, health, business, lifestyle, and some stuff uh, like on Instagram, people will be following They'll see the occasional um, mental type of mindset focused uh, type content like quotes and things of that nature. But as far as the podcast, I just I've been I've been a voracious consumer of podcasts for about two, three years. And then finally just decided to pull the ripcord and say, you know, what, I'm going to make my own and take what I've enjoyed from certain shows that I listen to and make my own version of it. And really wanted to target those three domains because I found that nobody was targeting them in my experience. Mm -hmm. Even though even though there's hundreds of thousands of shows apparently out there, so clearly I haven't found all of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it um, but it truly seems to me like nobody was really targeting that. And I wanted to go with a co-host uh, design show versus a interview versus a questionnaire. Like I wanted a I really enjoyed conversational style podcasts where there's no template. There's a rough outline, but you know we're not like templating. I don't want to have like a Q and A session. I want us to have like me and my co-host. We're having a conversation, and I want our listeners to feel like they're listening in and eavesdropping. But they also know that we're there for them, and we're there to provide them valuable content together. So it's kind of like the, some a lot of my co-hosts. I brought them on. And I didn't really know much about them yet because we had just gotten connected so quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, hey, man. Our listeners are going to learn about you while I get to learn about you. <laughs> so, so it's like going it along for the ride, huh? Exactly. Yes. It's just a lot of it's been very uh, spontaneously driven. And I truly believe in just, you know, going with the flow sometimes. That's the way life really is. So when you first started this, uh, did you know anything about podcasting aside from what you had listened to in the podcast you were you were absorbing? I had been the voracious consumer. not, And then, you know, I'd say probably... According to my uh, those throwback uh, reminders that we now get on Facebook and oh yes <laughs> and other apps, um, I believe I started kind of studying the operational side or becoming the host uh, side probably three months to four months before that. So there was some casual ramp up, start figuring out 
you know, what, what's involved, the equipment, uh, launching, you know, redesign the website. Cause I really wanted to make sure the website, uh, was going to really focus on the podcast as a new key, uh, flagship point for the brand, because I just want to put as much energy into that first year launch. So, uh, and then I really started, uh, getting more closely with one of my mentors, Michael O'Neill of the solopreneur hour, who he flew out last year from MapCon and spoke at the events. And, uh, I did some coaching with him and kind of, uh, he was really one of my key mentors as far as who I decided to model off of because his show, the solopreneur hour is very similar, very conversational format driven. Um, and obviously he's heavily focused on the solopreneur. So. And so that's actually a great suggestion. So you, went out on your own, learned about podcasting, how it went, right? Found a coach, a mentor to help you with this mm -hmm. first year. And so now you've had that six, well, I guess that's the question. Was your first year successful? Or are you finding success in what's happened? Yes, actually, it's been very educational. Like I, me being a marketing buff, and a branding consultant and, and I have a ton of sales and marketing background, I decided to go more pure with this piece mm -hmm. and I decided not to monetize this, not to pay for advertising and marketing and all this stuff. I said, you know what? I've been a hardcore networker in person and online for years. So I was like, let me see what I can really do for our first year. Like what can I grow organically? Like I didn't care if I got into this, the whole iTunes top downloads which nowadays if you are studying podcasting there's a lot of gurus out there saying that's all bs like you like when you first launch your show like back when i started studying about this they said oh well you really got to have a strong start because uh, yeah. you want to get you want to get on new and noteworthy that was the number and, one thing and then all of a sudden months later people are like oh wait a minute you can still get on new and noteworthy a year after you launched and people are like well what i mean all of a sudden there's a different school of thought on that uh, so it's been very interesting because like one guru will tell you one thing and one guru will tell you another thing. And like a lot of the gurus are telling you, man, really focus on quality guests and co-hosts if you're doing that format versus just yourself. Um, and at first I was about to go down that path. And then I said, wait a minute, I started getting stressed out and I was worried like, oh, am I getting big enough names? And am I, am I putting the right people on wow. the show? And then I said, wait a minute. No, that's like, this is my show. You know, I get to do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> so I said, forget that, man. Like if I meet some great people and I want to get their voice out there, then let's do that. Let's focus on just good people, good content, and we'll see what happens. And we'll see how the listener uh, base grows and we'll see what kind of co-hosts I stumble across along the journey. Well, that's actually really impressive because it takes a lot of time sometimes for some people to accept that epiphany moment that you seem to have there, that light bulb aha moment, as they say, where mm -hmm. it's your own show. This is whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Don't let other people decide it for you. And you seem to have embraced that from what I've seen of your podcast in the quality of the guests you've had, the conversation, just the reception you've had with your episodes. What are What is your audience telling you about what they're hearing? Have you gotten feedback from them? Uh, yeah, it's it not... Not as much as I would love. I, mm -hmm. Some people just don't want to follow up. I don't know what it is. <laughs> some people are just lazy. Uh, but I've actually literally had people reach out to me uh, through Facebook Messenger. I've had people uh, locally, actually, a gentleman who I had met through volunteer work, who I've actually now brought on the show a couple of times because he's literally become almost like, I don't know, I, I guess a mentee 
even though we're not officially in that relationship professionally or in a paid relationship, but like I've literally been working with him. He's now one of my side hustles is I have a nutrition business and Mm -hmm. he, he, the podcast built our relationship virtually, even though we had physically met in person doing some volunteer work on some mountain biking trails because we're both mountain bikers. And then he loved the fact that I never pushed him down any path. And I said, listen, if you get a chance, listen to the show and let me know your feedback. And then he's now one of my biggest fans. He's always showing, sharing content on his social media. He's always giving me shout outs. I've had him on the show twice. He's, he's dropped over 30 pounds uh, working with me. Like it's just been crazy cool stuff. And I didn't, he's never paid me a dime. (laughs) If anything, I I actually, I hired him to make me a custom headboard for my bed for my girlfriend because, uh, he's a professional wood designer crafter guy. So it's like, (laughs) you never know where these relationships are going to go. So, uh, so anyway, like he's been reaching new levels of, of lifestyle and true, true honesty to himself and transparency because, I, I told him, I was like, listen, when you're ready to be more honest, like, come on the show, man. Like, I want to help you with your transformation. Like, if this can be a platform to give back to you, then I'm building something bigger than myself and you all together. Wow. And we had that epiphany early on. And that, that wasn't really a goal of the show. It just happened. And this guy is literally talked about depression and him having struggles over the years and him wanting to be a better father and like all this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, dude, like I've had hair stand up on my arms. I've had like listening to a story. Wow. Yeah. Like this guy's literally like cried in the middle. Like we're literally sitting in a, in a Starbucks on our microphones. Cause like I do live stuff sometimes like in person, I like it's more real and impacting. And, um, like he's literally choked back tears. Like while we're having our conversation on the microphones, (laughs) I was like, I couldn't have asked for anything more powerful and real. And it was nowhere near anywhere, anywhere in my branding game plan of this show. So, uh, yeah. And he was actually one of my first early on top downloaded episodes before I started bringing on some bigger names because he was just real and he shared it to his followers and his friends and it, things were just very organic. And that's really the word that I like using right now because I've never paid to grow this show. It's all word of mouth. It's all organic. And I love where it's going. Which I guess I leads to my next question. You know, what do you love about podcasting itself that, I mean, I've seen and you've talked about the success you've had with it. Podcasting as a medium, though, what, what is it you love about it? I love it because there's no limit. And a lot of people don't understand that. And me being a business guy and a, and a branding guy and all that crap, I already said, I'm like, it, this is, I'm, I'm serious. Like it is a new way. It's not even a new way. It's been out for a while, <laughs> but for a lot of people, it's a new way. It's a new way to get your voice out there. And a lot of people, and pardon the way I'm going to say this, but a lot of people think, oh, it's just that, that uh, a podcaster is like that person who doesn't go outside and, do, and and like they lit they, they 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 play video games all day and they're t- and they're techie geeks. I'm like, dude, if you understand, if anybody knows anything about me online, like literally this Saturday, I'm going skydiving for like the seventh or eighth time. I've lost track already. Uh, I've I've done mountain biking over the years. I've been a wildland firefighter out west with the federal government. Like I've not, I've not always been a business guy. Like I I've done a lot of crazy crazy crap. So it's like, guess what, dude? Like I love it being outdoors like we talked before we started the recording today i just spent 500 miles traveling on the roads today for business like right. 
I in a car. I, I don't sit in a cubicle. That was my life years ago. So that's why I love about podcasting is that I get to bring some of that into the show. Like I get to talk about some of that. And so as I get to know my co-host for our audience and my co-host gets to know me, like people need to understand that this is a this is a way to get your voice out there in whatever way you want it to be known. And what most people, even famous people like John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, you know, Pat Flynn, you know, those guys, every single one of them will tell you, man, if you can go back and listen to my first episode and then you fast forward to where I am today, you can just hear the growth and the expansion and the confidence that a lot of these uh, these these podcast hosts uh, bring on and take on. And let's be real. I don't think everybody does. There's some people who still sound like they're, they are literally sitting in a closet and they've never stepped out of it and they're still hiding in there with their microphone. Um, and if that's where they're at, that's okay, man. Like own that. That's just where you're at today. But I truly believe that this is a platform that's going to help so many people grow in so many different ways. I truly feel there's no limits. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, so looking at the positive side of podcasting, you know, the fact that there are no limits and that there's so much to do. What about the flip side? What do you hate about podcasting? What can be improved? Hmm. Wow. Well, <laughs> Keeping in mind, hate, we don't have hours hate, upon hours. You know, hate's, hate's a strong word, right? So I always try and flip that. I will okay. say, we, well, let's turn this through some constructive criticism. Sure. Uh, because I'm, I am my own, my, my, own, my own worst critic. And I think a lot of us who take our stuff seriously should be our own worst critics. And the interesting thing out there right now is that you know, there's a lot of gurus that have helped pave the way to where we are today. Um, I'm literally blanking on his name, but he's like the godfather of podcasting. What's his name? Um, Cliff Ravenscraft? Thank you. I don't follow a damn thing that guy says. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, I respect where he's come from, and I know he's helped a lot of people launch podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I literally researched him and I was down to the wire. I was going to invest in either his educational program or his startup package or Michael O'Neill's. And then I just trusted my gut. And I was like, you know what? Michael O'Neill doesn't even technically brand himself to do what what Cliff does. But I also knew that Cliff started a long time ago. And I'm not saying he's on the cutting edge, but a lot of things have changed. And uh, people have to be willing to break the mold and do things differently. So I, I like to take this as a way of saying, be careful with who the mentor you choose, the coach you choose, and make sure it just rings true to who you are and where you're trying to go with yourself and your brand. Because to me, the reason why I ended up going with Michael, and I don't still pay him, like it was only a very, very short period. I literally used him to help kick it off. And then I spread my wings and I was gone because I didn't need what he he was giving me anymore sure. but there's a lot of people who hire him and work with him and i and i praise him for that and i recommend him as a resource but i went with what rang true to me in my gut and it was michael versus cliff versus how many other people out there nowadays are you know selling this as a service so i just tell people like unfortunately now that podcasting has gotten so big and so popular that there's a lot of new gurus trying to teach you how to do things like I, admittedly i'm not even a year old I've already had three different podcasters in the past three months, up and coming podcasters, reach out to me for coaching to tell them how I did it. <laughs> and I was like, 
I don't even advertise that. Right. <laughs> but the reason why is because they like my style. And that was such great feedback for me to get. Like I had, I mean, all I cared about was I just wanted to help them understand where I started and where I am today and why I did it the way I did it. And that's all they wanted to hear. They said, listen, I enjoy listening to your format and your show. And I just want to do something similar. It doesn't mean they're going to do what Live the Fuel is doing. They just really enjoyed how I did it. And I was like, okay, cool. So that was something really as a wake up call. But like I said, going back to your original question there is just be careful about who you hit your wagon to. And don't be afraid to just break off and do it your own way. Like I, there's a lot of things Michael taught me that I just decided to step away from and didn't implement. There's a lot of things he did that I did implement. Like you and I talked earlier about how you use a Zoom H4, I have a Zoom H5. Okay. We believe in hardware backup. Okay. There's a best practice that we all can agree on. Sure. <laughs> and even Cliff. Cliff agrees on that as well. He's a very big hardware backup guy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, a very long answer to your question. So No, but I think it's, um, it's, a, it's an interesting point you make because – you know, not everything works for everyone. No. You kind of have to go with what works for you mm -hmm. and not just with the flow of where everything is. And this is beyond podcasting. To be mm -hmm. fair, I'm answering your podcast-related question, but the sure. whole fi finding the right coach, mentor, mentee life. relationship, this is life in general. This is your – this could be your health, your nutrition, lifestyle, your, your entrepreneurial business, your podcast. I mean, it doesn't matter. The same thing stands true. If things aren't clicking, go somewhere else. Don't be afraid to do something differently. And if that means it's a little bit harder in the beginning and you might stumble a couple of times, you're going to learn a lot of powerful things along those mistaken steps. And it's going to take you to where you need to go. Just trust in that. So now that you've kind of evolved, right, we're about to, you're heading into and towards your first year. Mm -hmm. What can we expect from Live the Fuel podcast in year two? Wow, man. You know, admittedly, um, I am a bit of a planner, but also I have to admit there's so many things over the years that I've just, thanks to my lifestyle um, and it's something I'm trying to teach through the podcast is like sometimes you got to live in the moment mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm just, I'm just riding this puppy like a roller coaster ride, man. Like it's, I, I do have some plans. I do have some small goals, but I'm also, I'm not setting goals so strict and clear that and this is weird because everybody says you should you should always set goals and i say you know what sometimes you set these goals and they jade your path that's true right like yeah. don't be so strict that you can't allow some fluctuations some change along the way like originally when i launched a show i told myself i always want to have a podcast co-host and then in the history of the of coming up on the 80th episode um I've done two individual episodes just for myself. Like one of them was I was celebrating my top 10 most downloaded episodes. And that literally popped in my head two days before I was going to do a show release. And I decided to bounce that one out to the next week and then slide that top 10 episode in there because it just felt right. And I wanted to honor my top 10 co-hosts. So that was just something completely random that popped into my head the week of the release. <laughs> now it was never on the goals list. Um, but so, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a top 100 type of release as well. You know, hey, the top episodes of, of my first 100 shows going into 2008, 2000, well, later, later 17 and into 18, that right. whole you know, second year transition. I'm excited to see uh, the kind of authority that is going to change the show as well. 
because that's something that kind of goes back to some of the pros of launching your own podcast is mm-hmm. that whether you like it or not, you're going to start digging out a little bit of an authority in your space. And um, that's where you really want to, and this is just the best practice in business. I tell people, it's like, listen, take advantage of your captive audience and really try to get them to start sharing what they like, what they love, where your opportunities are, because whoever my current listeners are that are consistently subscribing and downloading, I do want to do a better job of getting their voice back to me and back to the show's future, because those are the loyal listeners. And I think that's something that a lot of companies seem to fail on. They're always going out there and paying for new surveys, this, and I need to acquire new customers to give me this feedback and these focus groups. And it's like, guys, you already have a captive audience. All you got to do is find a way to get them to share their voice and then take all that free data and implement it in whatever you're doing next. So that's one of my biggest goals is I'm, I got to find a way to, you know, start getting my voice of my listeners out there more. And maybe it's a, uh, you know, something more interactive that I got to figure out a design on. Maybe I start like people like Brian, like his story. There might be other people out there like Brian that I could potentially help them come on the show, just giving them their own episode. Like that was a huge move for Brian and I'll, and he's grown exponentially. I never would have expected that. So maybe that's another piece of the show that I haven't even discovered yet. And I need to be doing that for our listener base. I have no idea. <laughs> so. But it's exciting to see that, you know, the possible, the possibilities and the potential that there is and mm-hmm. that you're open to letting it kind of organically yeah. unfold like, upon itself. And it's it, a theme. It's been awesome. It's been awesome because like, I, I never expected to get on like my top downloaded episode to this date is still uh, the famous Dr. Jack Cruz. And that dude, like within, he was my first ever thousand download episode wow. within, within a day, he had a thousand downloads no other episode on my show had ever happened that way. Like to this date, he nobody has done what he's done because he has such a big following online because he's a famous neurologist. Mm-hmm. And the only reason, and I never even thought I could get him. He wasn't even on my target list or whatever you want to call that. I had on one of his big followers who's on a different podcast show as a different host. And I heard that guy, his name is Kevin Cottrell on another podcast. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, Kevin, I really love your message. Hey, if you want to come on my show, I'd love to have you come on and be a co-host and I can share what you know. He came on. And then Dr. Jack Cruz, because he knows Kevin, Kevin's one of his followers of his teachings. He shared Kevin's episode on his own Jack Cruz Facebook page. And all of a sudden, a buddy of mine's like, dude, Jack Cruz like shared your content. And I'm like, who the hell is Jack Cruz? <laughs> And then all of a sudden I see uh, Kevin's downloads. He was the second most downloaded episode because of Jack Cruz, because Jack shared his content. And then I was like, Jack, thank you so much for sharing. If you ever want to come on, you know, please do. And that's another lesson I want to share to, you know, the Mapcom peeps out there is like, this is sales and marketing 101. I've been doing this a long time. And the biggest mistake that people make is they don't have the balls to ask. Just ask. And what are they going to say? No, this is like dating 101. Like worst case scenarios are going to say no, or they don't respond, which means no. that leaves that leaves the door open to keep following up until they do respond. <laughs> Just don't become a stalker. I mean, be a professional stalker. I don't know how to say that better. <laughs> be smart about it. I think is what exactly. he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Like I tweet people all the time. There's my, one of my other little secrets, right? That's my other hack. I was teaching these uh, to a buddy of mine earlier this week on his new podcast launch. I'm like, listen, if you enjoyed somebody on a podcast, tweet that episode so the person who has that show 
sees that you're talking about their show and then make sure you tag that guest that was in that show with their profile so they know that you're talking about them and then they may literally retweet it because this happens to me all the time there's a lot of retweeting going on and a lot of people don't understand twitter but then you could message that person back on twitter saying hey man i love that episode if you want to come on my show just like i did with drag and i get a lot of people that way so interesting little best practice if you ever try to find new talent just ask <laughs> guys those are some amazing tips that he's giving to you and i'm pretty sure you can find some more wonderful tips from scott at mapcon where he will be and just to remind you guys it's september 8th and 9th at swedesboro and it's 140 dollars a ticket right now if you get it today you can go to podcastmidatlantic.com to get that or a virtual ticket for $40. But if you get the regular ticket, the virtual ticket's already included. There's an after party, a Friday night mixer, Saturday lunch, free headshots, which people should have, especially a podcaster, event badge, and, you know, a t-shirt, which is awesome. And Scott's going to be there with more great tips like that. So definitely check uh, that out. And I will be speaking. He's speaking. So <laughs> it's like win upon win upon win, guys. And so, Scott, before we wrap up, do you have any last thoughts for the MapCon folks out there? Um, yeah, if there's other people like me who have been just sitting on the edge, because and let's be real, I, I, I'm Mr. Adrenaline Junkie, and I, I want to be honest to the followers that I still had that fear. Like, I actually pushed off my launch. I went back, went over my notes. I figured out that I actually probably delayed my launch by about two months. Wow. So I probably could have launched in July. But I had that paralysis by analysis, and I was being overly analytical, and I was worried about finding all these great co-hosts, blah, 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 blah. Dude, just pull the freaking trigger and launch, all right? You're going you're gonna to keep learning a lot along the way. Just start taking action and getting it out there, because once you pull the ripcord, man, you know, then it's, you're, you've got a hell of a flight ahead of you, man. You've got that parachute wide open, and you're just flying, and you don't know where you're going to land. <laughs> and it's pretty cool, so... Well, Scott, thank you so much for sharing insight, your background, and just all the things that are great that are happening with Live the Fuel. And we wish it nothing but the best, and we'll see you in September. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to MapCon. It's going to be awesome.